Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to Wendy 2.0 and my Passion Project podcast. Why 2.0, you ask? Because once upon a time, I was a social media influencer named Keto Warrior Wendy. I spoke passionately about keto, mindset, spirituality, and holistic health. When I outgrew that stage of my life, my passion for speaking about these topics didn't disappear. So I've taken some time to grow and become more authentically who I am. I've rebirthed myself as Wendy 2.0, the new and improved version. This Passion Project podcast is a result of my desire and my life purpose to share information and to help give a voice to others to share what they are passionate about. I am looking for passionate collaborators in the spiritual, holistic, and mindset arenas. If you would like to be a guest on my podcast, please reach out to me. You can find all of my contact information on my website at worldofwellness.ca. I would love to hear what makes you tick. You can find this podcast on YouTube and Anchor, the always free and fabulous podcast platform. I am also on other social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest as well as Google My Business. Thank you for listening. And now, on to today's Passion Project podcast guest. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wendy 2.0, where everything you receive is real, raw, and authentic. Today, my guest is the fabulous Kelly Frew. Kelly is a nurse who recently relinquished her career due to the current world situation. And I would like to say thank you for that, for standing up for the rest of us. She has also been a coach for the ketogenic lifestyle for the last three years. And we are going to talk to you today about Kelly's journey and about the ketogenic diet for and to to sort of dispel some of the myths and misconceptions around what keto is, because it isn't all bacon and cheese, folks. I hate to tell you that. So thank you, Kelly, for joining me and welcome. Ah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. So just I'm going to correct you. I'm not a registered nurse. I am a medical assistant. Um, I have worked in family practice for the last 24 years. Um, I've done my family practice in urgent care. And yeah. Here I am. So keto, um, the keto how, lifestyle. Has yeah. How did you, years. how did you find the keto lifestyle? Like how did, how did that happen for you? Well, for me, it was a Facebook post, believe it or not. One of my friends on Facebook posted a picture of a keto product. And I had heard the name a couple of times here and there and just never thought two thoughts about it. And I thought, well, what is this keto? She lost 20 pounds. What, what is this keto? So I did a little diving, a little research as to what it was. And uh, not going to lie, originally, I thought, oh, my goodness, this is way out there. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. Yeah. Exactly. I was like, what in the hell is this crap? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so my background was I, my dad had his first heart attack in his early forties. And we had met with um, cardiology who said, you guys need to meet with dietitians and get on a low fat diet because cholesterol is going to kill you. Oh boy. The great cholesterol so myth. 
We can, mm -hmm. we can talk an hour about the great cholesterol myth, I am mm -hmm. sure. Okay, so you went on Absolutely. a low-fat diet. Went on a low-fat diet. My family went on a low-fat diet. I had never had a weight problem until I went on a low-fat diet. I went on a low-fat diet, and me and my family, my parents, gained weight and gained weight and gained weight. My dad got sicker. He had six bypasses. He had crowded and... and <laughs> I can't even say it. It is crowded cleaned out. He um, just became, you know, med after med after med. Um, and I ballooned up to uh, 224 pounds. And how tall are you? 5'2". That's a lot of weight on a 5'2 frame. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I was definitely a chunky monkey. Um, so when I heard about keto, I thought I'm going to dive into it. I'm going to look into it. And so for 24 years, I've been the one that's calling people with your labs saying your cholesterol is high. You need to start a statin. You need to eat low fat, all of those things. But for 24 years, I know that eating a low fat diet does not lower your cholesterol. Eating a low fat diet does not help you lose weight. So my education was telling me one thing and my intuition was telling me that my education had it all wrong. So I followed my intuition and dove into hundreds and hundreds of hours of reading. I dove into every podcast and live from Dr. Barry. I watched Keto Warrior Wendy. I watched, mm -hmm, I watched Ken Howerton. I followed Dave Feldman who's a lipidologist, um, Siobhan Higgins. I just totally dove into everybody on Facebook. And then I went into the medical books and the studies and all the things. And after a couple hundred hours of listening to testimonials and my own research, I decided to give it a try. So it was about January of 2018, I started keto and within nine months, I was down 70 pounds and over the next year, I lost an additional 10. So that's my story. I, and for those then, of you that are watching on YouTube, this is what Kelly and her husband look like now. Yeah, there's a little bit of a difference there. So I went from a three X to a medium and a 16 woman gene down to a four. So I impressive. just by giving up carbohydrates. Yes. And now common misconception, you're not giving up all carbo carbohydrates. So let's, you know, we'll get into that, but Correct. you are still eating carbohydrates. You are just not eating all the carbohydrates, but exactly. this is what one transformation can look like. Kelly dropped 80 pounds, her husband dropped 50 pounds, mm -hmm. and it melts off your body. It does. It does. The other thing, um, big testimonial for my immediate family, my husband was on blood pressure medication since he was in his early 20s. And as you could see, he's not wasn't grossly overweight. And he had always been very thin. And had high blood pressure. And we just thought, well, maybe genetics. His dad had high blood pressure. His mom had blood pressure. So probably genetics. And then we went keto and his high blood pressure went away and his numbers are completely normal. And he went off his medications and it stayed 
normal for the last three years. And I, I thought, began thinking, well, he was a healthy 25 year old. He was very active. Why would he have high blood pressure? It's our diet. And these are the things that our medical professionals are not taught. They are not taught. Dr. Barry will tell you and other doctors will tell you they get four hours of nutrition training in medical school and they're taught what they are told. Like their doctors are, excuse my phraseology, but doctors are very indoctrinated into whatever it is they want them to know. So if they don't want them to know about things like the ketogenic diet, they're not going to teach them about things like the ketogenic diet. They're going to teach them whatever the money tells them to teach them. So healing hypertension was just a side effect of following what I was eating. And it, it's absolutely amazing. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, I know my own personal story and I'm just going to hop in here really quick. First of all, thank you for following me when I was keto warrior, Wendy. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Um, Actually, it was really nice to hear you say that. So thank you. I was 275 pounds. I had pretty much given up on ever losing weight because I had tried every freaking thing out there um, and nothing worked. I was getting fatter. I was getting sicker. I was trying super greens. I was trying to go vegetarian. My body wanted nothing to do with having no protein. Like I was sick. I had bipolar, candida, fibromyalgia, gut IBS, you know, like rosacea. I had all kinds of things going really wrong. And the doctors were telling me it was all in my head. And in December of 2016, my husband was diagnosed with prostate cancer. And a friend of mine said to me, you need to look at the ketogenic diet. And I said, I need to look at what? Because in 2016, keto still wasn't a household name. Right. And so I dive in and like Kelly, I'm like, oh, this is a pile of crap. I literally was sitting in Facebook groups. Now, not the best Facebook groups, but I was in Facebook groups, at least looking yeah. at it. And I'm watching right. all these people having all these massive, massive weight losses while I'm sitting there with a huge bowl of ice cream, shoveling it into my face, right? <laughs> like going, this is a pile of crap as I'm like, you know, <laughs> chips and dip. I'm not, there's no way this works. And then one day I said, okay, What's the worst thing that can happen? Right. Nothing. Right. And like Kelly, I researched until my eyes were bleeding. I read eBooks. I followed tons of people on social media. I was researching in all the government websites and all the, th like I literally would get up in the morning and I would read all day long until the night when my eyes were so sore, I couldn't take it anymore. And I would go to bed and start again. Cause I was going to get rid of this prostate ca cancer for my husband come hell or high water. I didn't know that it was going to save my life too. All I know is I was not going to let my husband have cancer and we were going to fix this damn mess. Right. So Mm -hmm. I didn't think about what it might do for me. My husband lost 50 pounds. He reversed his prostate cancer naturally. He's reversed chronic sinus and uh, chronic sinus issues and allergy issues and just generally feels better, especially now that he doesn't eat dairy. We talk about it. We haven't eaten dairy now for 
four and a half years and every day it's a conversation that we have it's like wow who knew and this is four and a half years later we're still in awe of who knew that removing dairy and changing our diet would change our lives so much for myself as you can see i no longer have rosacea i used to have such mm -hmm. a red nose i looked like rudolph all the time yeah. um fibromyalgia is down to almost nothing now i have another modality that has helped me with that as well but it took so much pain and inflammation out of my body mm -hmm. So I don't struggle with fibromyalgia anymore. I don't struggle with brain fog anymore. I don't struggle with candida anymore. I dropped 90 pounds, 80 inches. And this was Good for you. Yeah, this was me before. I was really sick. I had bipolar disorder that I couldn't get under control, but I also medications weren't helping. This is me a year later. And a lot of this has changed over the course of time because it's been a few years and I've been doing other things. So my body looks very different from what you see here now. But I had lost over 80 inches in the process. I was a very big girl. I was in a size 20 pant and going up to a 22 when I decided to go keto. I was in a 1X shirt. I've gone down to a medium shirt and a size 10 pant good for you and so my husband and i were in the process of getting married when we first started keto and <laughs> i love this picture so we got married and then a year later we took photos in our wedding finery and um i had to hold my dress on my body to take these pictures <laughs> and my husband looks like he's pretty much wearing a dress and he still has those jeans he uses them to work in but it's pretty funny watching him walk around in saggy baggies <laughs> so we were awfully awfully big when we got married and even so even on the wedding day like as you can see my dress you see how it has this weird little pocket right here the day i got my fitting done was six days before the wedding and that dress fit me like a glove by saturday i put the dress on and it went thunk onto my body and i went Oh my God. So we looked like two little kids in big kids clothing. Cause my husband, his, his clothes no longer fit him properly on the wedding day either, because both of us had lost inches over the course of the week. Cause it literally melted it off me so fast. Yeah. I, I lost 85 pounds. This is my joke. I lost 85 pounds doing diddly squats. I literally sat on my couch and the weight just melted off me. Yeah. It just, I couldn't believe how fast everything changed once I started eating in this uh, in this manner. So it's pretty incredible what can happen for you. I mean, I was watching all of those in that group. I was watching all of these transformations going, oh, that can't be possible. That's not good. No. And then I ended up being the poster child as Keto Warrior Wendy talking about how we reverse bipolar and, and prostate cancer using and following the ketogenic way of eating so it is possible kelly and i are here to tell you it is possible to reverse pretty much any of your health issues and that you don't have to just if you can't eat meat you can do keto from a vegan and a vegetarian viewpoint so there is that but let's talk about what the ketogenic diet actually is and again it is not all bacon and cheese although 
I will cop and say, this is a bacon, eggs, and chicken wings body. That is how I lost weight. And that is how I maintain my weight loss is bacon, eggs, and chicken wings. So yeah, take it from here, Kelly. Ta let's talk about what the ketogenic diet is. Okay. So the ketogenic diet is a process of changing what your body uses for fuel. When we eat what we call the standard American diet or the triangle, the tripod of how the government says we should eat. Or the Canada's body, food guide, because I'm in Canada. Kelly's okay, in the Canada's US, right? Guide, yeah. So we got the Canada's food guide and you've got the American standard American diet. Standard American mm -hmm. diet. Okay. We are being fueled on sugar, glucose, carbohydrates. That's the base of our diet. And when we do ketogenics, we are fueled on ketones. So what does that mean? So I'm just going to keep it really basic for the lay person who this is brand new to so that you can kind of understand what happens in your body. When you go, uh, when you eat a very low carbohydrate diet, your body uses up all the sugar stores and the glycogen in your body. Um, all those stores and replaces that fuel with ketones. And how that happens is our liver takes the fat that we eat, or it takes the fat from our body and turns it into ketones. And it's a very natural state of eating. It's very ancestral. This is the way we ate before there were food um, industries and big companies that produced boxed processed foods. Um, so it's essentially eating meat and vegetables. And ketones in our body do so many great things. Um, I can tell you from my own experience, as well as coaching, I now have hundreds of clients that I'm still just astounded today as I was the day it happened to me when my brain switched over onto ketones, you experience increased energy and stamina, decreased inflammation, organizational behavior. Your mind decides that it wants to index things. And it starts this huge life-changing thing in your brain. It heals anxiety and depression, bipolar, you now decide that you want things in your life to be organized and you function just unbelievably different. So for me, so different was a gateway. Mm -hmm. it the was amount, a gateway. the first time it kicks in, you have this insane amount of energy, like energy you didn't think was possible. And you just like, you feel like you're on steroids. You're just like the energizer bunny, just go, go, go. But it is, it is so incredible to feel your brain turn on. Yes. Yes. And you don't have to eat all the time. So prior to keto, I, when I was addicted to carbohydrates, I would eat every couple hours. I would have to eat something small. I was a grazer. I would eat all the time. And that's the way I would feel good if I didn't. So then I would always have those lows and weak in the knees and shaky and feel a little nauseated. I had and that I awful had sugar headache. Yes, the sugar headache, all of that. Yeah. Um, so that 
that's gone. When you do, when you are in the state of ketosis, that is gone. Your blood sugar stabilizes, your insulin levels drop. And because of that, a side effect of your insulin levels going down and it starts to realign your hormone levels, the side effect is fat, fat loss. Um, it's weight loss. You can gain weight on keto. So it's all a matter of what we call macronutrients and adjusting those. Um, and and how, what is a macro? So in the keto world, we throw out the term macro all the time and everybody's heard of micronutrients. We all know, you know, like potassium and magnesium and all of those micronutrients that we get from food, but what is a macronutrient? So a macronutrient would be your fat, your carbohydrates and your protein. So there are essential, meaning you have to have it to live. There are essential macronutrients and there are non-essential macronutrients. So there are essential proteins. We have to have protein to survive and we have to have fat to survive. But carbohydrates is a macronutrient that is not essential. We can go without and survive. So that was that too was a really big um, concept for me to understand and to grasp a hold of that it was okay to not have carbohydrates at all if you didn't want to. Um, I am not carnivore. I do still eat carbs. Um, I try to stay, I, actually, I don't count. I've been doing it so long, I really don't count. I try to stay under 20 carbs a day. Um, that's my comfort zone is to stay there and not talking total carbohydrates. So let's talk about carbohydrates for a moment, because that's the biggest misconception in the ketogenic world or in when people are trying to learn about this is understanding the difference between total carbs versus net carbs. What counts? How does all that work? Let's talk about and why do we keep it between 20 to 25 either total or net carbs, depending on how you're ketoing. Correct. So, okay. Give me the first, what's the first question, Wendy? Sorry. So let's talk about the difference between total carbs and net carbs. And why, why would you do one over the other? When I first started, I did net carbs. So total carbohydrates, if you look at a nutrition label, it will tell you total carbohydrates, say something is eight total carbohydrates. And then it kind of breaks them down for you into sugars and fiber. So net carbs would be taking total carbohydrates and subtracting off the fiber. But that's kind of a slippery slope because not all fiber is created equal. There's soluble and insoluble fiber. And how do you know, unless you research every single food that you're eating, how do you know what is soluble and what's insoluble? And then we have this food industry with the nutrition labels that got involved as well and labeled a ton of products keto. And they did that by adding a bunch of fiber to it to make it a very low net carb food. And a and lot of what's is, in those it's garbage, garbage. I have read a lot of that and put that stuff back on the shelf. It's like, that's not keto. I'm sorry. You are bastardizing it. You are dirty ketoing it. No. Keto is about eating whole unprocessed foods. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> that is it. 
I, my body prefers, um, I also intuitively eat. So if I feel like I'm hungry for something, I go out of my way to make that because I feel like that's what my body's calling for. My body calls for single ingredient foods most times. It wants meat, it wants vegetables, and that's pretty much it. I do eat dairy. I am, I'm in Wisconsin, I'm in the cheese state. So we are definitely heavy and I drink um, heavy cream in my coffee. So we, we are dairy eaters, but um, it is really single ingredient foods that my body craves most. And it's, and keto isn't just about giving up carbohydrates. It's also giving up chemicals in your diet. So sweeteners, you're not eating the chemical sweeteners like aspartame and sucralose. You're really wanting to get sweeteners from natural sources like stevia or some of the sugar alcohols. Um, and which by the way, just to go back to our total versus net carbs, if yeah. you're eating those sugar alcohols, they also get subtracted from your total carbs because they don't do, do quote unquote, anything in your body. Now, some people will argue that other people will say, no, I'm going to subtract my fiber. I'm going to subtract my sugar alcohols. And then that's going to give me my net carbs. Or you have people like me that can't eat any of those things. And so we have no sweetness and light in our life. <laughs> it is very, it, that too, it's, it's very different. So um, as far as erythritol goes, for example, which is a sugar alcohol. Um, so some people subtract those carbs off and think that they're okay. But what they don't understand is only, as far as the meta body's metabolism goes, we metabolize still 30% of erythritol. So you are having a metabolic effect. It is changing um, hormone levels and glucose levels at a very reduced rate as as normal sugar, but there is some there. So by taking it off and not counting it, you're really not doing yourself any, any favors. And then as far as the natural sugars go, like allulose and stevia there too, I have found that I can tolerate the leaves from the actual stevia plant. Um, I have dried, I grind, it is super, super sweet. Like an eighth of a teaspoon is equal to a half a cup of sugar for me. It's just that sweetness factor. But um, there are other forms of stevia that, you know, are produced in the factories that my body doesn't do so well with. So it's, again, going back to that single ingredient. The that other is. thing that, that you need to be aware of too, as we're talking about these sugar alcohols, about stevia, erythritol, monk fruit, allulose, all of those, is that for people who are really sugar addicted and really sensitive to things that are sweet, these can be also a slippery slope. So this is something that you are going to, if you're going to include them in your ketogenic diet, you're going to want to experiment because it can trip off your sugar addiction just as much as putting sugar into your body. Right? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. So people that are overweight, um, and extremely overweight, I, I tend to coach a lot of these people. And in my medical career, these are the ones that my providers didn't really want anything to do with because they're like, Ugh, they're never going to have the motivation. They're never going to, they're just like, too far gone. They're the ones that the providers that I had have worked with 
did not. I just rolled my eyes so hard. I'm so sorry. It's almost rude, but people write people off just because they have a a preconception about them. I was written off too. And I am living proof that that misconception is a pile of crap. And these are the people that I absolutely love working with. And I'll tell you why. When we're sugar um, adapted and we're eating the regular standard American diet and or what did you call it? Your Canadian? Oh, the Canada food guide. The Canada food guide. If you're, you're eating that way and you are extremely obese and you have no energy and these kind of people are labeled sloths. This is where I took my research even further, further, further. It is not your fault. You feel like you can't move off the couch. Your brain has now been physically hardwired a different way to continue to want the carbohydrates and to have very little energy. It is not your fault. It is the way your hormones are all in a line. And when we switch to the ketogenic diet and you start losing weight, even while sitting on the couch and your body starts healing, which takes time. I have clients that I have long-term relationships with. Um, that's my absolute best thing. I, I do like 12 week increments with people, but it's really the long-term 12 weeks is nothing. You can, you learn very little. You can learn how to do it in 12 weeks, but you really need the support and the, the continuous education to, to keep going. But what happens, the bottom line is what happens, you lose the weight while you're sitting on the couch and you're just eating the correct foods and you're getting rid of all the chemicals. And then all of a sudden your brain starts functioning differently and you start having energy. And it's when you have the desire to get off the couch and go for walks. And when you have the desire to maybe take it up a notch and start really brisk walking, that is so amazing to me to see the difference because I know at that point what's happening with your hormone levels and where you are in your healing. And it just, it, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And I just want to toss this little piece in here. It was a keto really red pilled me as to what was happening in the world. And for me, I realized that I went through over 30 years of bipolar compliments of my government, because they kindly paid scientists $6,000 back in the 50s, which was the its equivalent to $50,000 today, to skew the fat and sugar studies to make sugar the the big hero, right? They wanted they know that sugar is poisonous, it is a poison, and it is an addictive poison. They know this, And they wanted to get it in our faces. So they paid scientists to skew their studies to make, to disprove that fat was what we needed and that we actually needed to eat sugar. And even though they couldn't really skew them enough, they skewed it just enough that they were able to start shoving sugar down our throats and create this obese society that we're in today that is now in that big pharmacog. So if nothing about this whole podcast gets you, I'm hoping that this one piece, which is what woke me up to what the government is doing, I hope this one piece incenses you enough 
to realize that it is not your fault that you have been programmed because somebody decided they wanted to get this in your mouth. Amen. And if you want to research yourself, um, feel free to go to the United States Census on Obesity. That was part of my initial um, research before I started ketogenics was the study of obesity. And when you see in years, the graphs that the standard American diet was put into place in the 1970s, heart disease, diabetes, obesity went hand in hand, up, 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 up. Deaths related to that all of such are up, 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 up. So it, it only makes sense. It really only makes sense. And they knew what they were doing, they folks. Knew they, were doing. they knew exactly what they were doing, just like they know exactly what they're doing right now. Just, and, our and I have to be really providers. careful so that this video doesn't get kiboshed by the, the AI, but they know exactly what they are doing to us and they are doing it to us. So you need to be very, very aware of that fact. They are conditioning you to believe all of the things that you are seeing happen in our world right now. They're conditioning you to believe that you are doing the right things. And trust me when I tell you, you are not. So, yes. okay, go ahead. Because <laughs> I could really go off on a tangent and I really probably shouldn't. <laughs> I absolutely hear you. And <laughs> as I was doing this, the last three years have been almost a conflict of interest with me working in healthcare and coaching keto. I started coaching keto because I went to work and my patients were saying, Hey, oh my God, I didn't even recognize you. How did you lose all that weight? Mm, by eating fat. But you have to eat a low fat diet. Wow. Yeah. That must yeah. have been awful. So when my and when yeah. my husband was diagnosed with prostate cancer, the first thing I said to the doctors was both his doctors, his urologist and his family doctor, I said, is there a way we can eat to help this? His urologist said, no, just eat a heart healthy diet, aka the low fat diet Kelly's okay. talking about. Absolutely. His family doctor cut me off and went back to talking to Felix, my husband. Okay. Yes. When my husband lost all the weight and reversed his prostate cancer, guess whose hand the doctor shook? It wasn't my husband's. It was mine because I was right. He was wrong. And, you know, I look at it. It's not their fault. It, no. I, I have many, uh, many friends, uh, many, many friends that are providers. Nobody went into it, Wendy, saying, I want to have people believe this and make them more ill. When you provide them with the information, they gaslight you. So it's not completely but not their fault. They can pick okay. up and research as well as we did. It is. But like, as you know, any message that they are not ready to hear you're right. It's I know. It's not going to be picked up. But it doesn't. Until they're ready to hear it. It so still it's annoys me. That we're doing. It's, and it can, absolutely. And it should make you passionate, which it does. And I so respect that, that you're out there and putting this out there. Because it's when they hear it, maybe not once, maybe not from Wendy when she's in with her husband, 
but you planted a seed. Yeah. Now they're going to have another awakening with another patient or outside, even maybe even personally. I don't and, know. You know, those ripples. Well, maybe so you're planting a seed. You, you have no idea which ones are going to germinate, which ones are not. You're planting the seed. My That's... experience with healthcare providers are they're, they're in it because they want to help people. They want to help people. They want to heal people. It's their education. They have been misguided. Their heart's in the right place, but they're misguided. So when they start seeing the evidence over and over and over again, that is when these little seedlings are going to start to grow. And that's what we need to keep doing. We need to just keep planting the seeds. I think and I've just really jaded. provider that is seeing this or hearing this, please, please do your research outside of your education, outside of your textbooks. Come to your own opinion. Follow your gut instinct because it's never, ever wrong. And if it feels like it rings true, it rings true. I look at, there's a, there's a couple big things that I've heard in the last few years that really stand out to me is one is there is no such thing as obesity in nature. So the definition of obesity, first of all, is being overweight to the point that it's causing a medical condition. There are no animals that are obese. There are fat animals that need that for their living circumstances like polar bears or, you know, things like that, but they are not obese to the point of causing a medical condition. Obesity occurs in human beings and in animals that human beings are responsible for feeding. Funny that. There's, there's that we're such intelligent species, but look at just, just that in itself should be an eye opener to people. And secondly, salt, let's talk salt. So let's, okay, so let's talk about salt. Let's talk about keto flu because everybody's heard about keto flu and let's talk about electrolytes because the two go hand in hand. One heals the other. So what is keto flu? Let's start there. I've had it really bad, really, really bad a couple of times. It's not fun. It is not fun. Um, When you start the ketogenic way of eating, your body loses water weight really quickly. And so you will see the like pictures of people with the inflamed carbohydrate faces and rather quickly, all of that puffiness goes away and the neck that goes away rather quickly uh, because we get rid of all the excess fluids. When we're eating carbohydrates, we are very inflamed. When we eat wheat specifically, we're very inflamed. Um, but when we go keto, we lose all that water weight. And how do you lose water weight? We pee it out. And when we pee, we're not only peeing the water, we're peeing our salts. So therefore we need to supplement our salts. So again, and I'm not sure why this has been coming up lately. Again, uh, there's been new guidelines as far as reduced sodium intake for people in the United States that have come out and it's just, but their majority are so inflamed from eating their carbohydrates that maybe it's necessary for them, but My take on the whole salt thing is I have farmed for a very, very long time, most of my life. And every single animal I have ever raised, whether it be a gerbil and hamster, a rabbit to horses, to cattle, to sheep, to every single animal I've ever had, I have had to provide a salt lick. 
hmm. or a mineral block, which is salt and minerals together. And every single animal, I don't tell them to only lick 10 times or to only have, uh, have access to it for 15 minutes and then take it away. They have access to salt and minerals 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And never have any of those species that I have ever raised overdose themselves on salt. And we are the same. We have an innate knowing of knowing when we need those salt minerals. And we also have an innate knowing of when to stop. And my prime example for you is this. If you ever, if you're an olive eater or a pickle eater and you eat that first pickle and you're like, oh my gosh, this is so good. I want another one. And you eat two pickles and then you go to the third one and you went, oh, that's it. I don't want any more pickles. And the same thing with olives, man, I can eat a half a jar of olives. And then all of a sudden, boom, done. Yeah. That is your body saying, you're done. You had enough salt. So you will crave salt and salty things when you need it. Just listen to your body. So how does salt help you with the keto flu? I mean, we, I, uh, so I will admit, I was not ever going to drink pickle juice until the day I had keto flu so bad and I was drinking salt water and nothing was working and I chugged, don't chug. By the way, do not chug pickle juice, sip it slowly because it will hit the bottom and come right back up again. Yes. Um, when I drank the pickle juice, it was instant, the relief that I got. So can you explain why yeah. salt and pickle juice and olive juice, why those Absolutely. things help to relieve keto flu? So first we'll talk about why you get keto flu. So keto, what keto flu is. So keto flu, how did you feel when you had keto flu, Wendy? Oh my God. <laughs> What um, symptoms did you have? I was really tired. Uh, I felt nauseous. I had this god oh the worst headache. Oh, the headache was terrible. Um, dizzy. I had the keto flu so bad one time I had to crawl out of the tub and crawl to my bed. Like it was bad. But it was so it's just basically this headache, this lethargy, this nausea, the nausea. The nausea is really not fun. Um yes those are the main, like when Absolutely. I think, cause it's been, it's been years since I had keto flu, but when I had it, it was that headache. It was that nausea. It was the dizziness. It was so your body feels really heavy and you feel Absolutely. really, really, really foggy. Some people get diarrhea. Yep. Some people vomit. Yep. Um, and here is what's happening and why this, why you have. So when you pee out your salts and you're low on salts, that's when you get that headache and that's when you get that lethargy and you may feel dizzy or off balance. Or if you stand up too quickly, you may feel like a little woozy. Those are salt imbalances. You may have leg cramps. You may have, those are, you know, the, the electrolyte imbalances. Um, so the, those are caused from the electrolyte imbalance from peeing out the, your excess or your not excess, but your needed electrolytes. And then the nausea and the vomiting and diarrhea, which sometimes happens with people is also from your guts. So our guts are so inflamed that when we um, go into keto, a lot of things are happening in our body really fast. Our really fast. Stomach, yeah. Our gut biome or the healthy bacteria that are in our guts that, that are used to break down our food need to change over from carbohydrate and sugar loving bacteria to whole food loving bacteria. So that's a process. 
And so as that's happening, you may not feel the best. And that, and I may tell you that not everybody gets the keto flu. Um, it is very worthwhile to um, educate yourself or work with a professional, uh, work with somebody who does this for, you know, that this is what they do is help. I help my clients get into the state of ketosis without ever getting the, the keto flu. And I'm very open and honest about how I do it. Supplementary electrolytes, eat things in the beginning that are, will help support your stomach changing over to the correct bacteria that's going to love to break down the single ingredient foods, eating things like asparagus and things in the cabbage family, um, and some things that have some poor prebiotics like sauerkraut and kimchi and things like that, fermented foods, those all will help support that changeover in your guts. Um, and then also supplementary electrolytes. So just to give you an example of what a carb face versus a non-carb face looks like, here's my example. So this was me, all carb facey, and this is me, all not carb facey. <laughs> so it's amazing, like how you can see how much inflammation is in my body. Now, this is the same dress. This was the second dress that I had when I got married, but same color. But this was when this was November before. I started the ketogenic diet and this was the inflammation that you can see in my face. And then this is a year later. And then of course now. So that's the carb face that Kelly is talking about. I've been like, while she's been talking, I've been like, I know I have a picture here somewhere that can demonstrate yes. for people what a carb, this isn't just obesity. This is inflammation. This is, I have eaten way too many carbs and it shows. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Right? Yes. Electrolytes. When I was Keto Warrior Wendy, electrolytes was my really big platform because I had gotten keto flu so bad a couple of different times that I was very, very passionate about it. And one of the things that I learned along the way from um, Dr. Volek, it's Volek and he has a partner. I can't remember his name right now. But anyway, Dr. Volek, I watched a, a video that I can't even find now, but he talked about how when we drop to 2000 milligrams a day of sodium, how much more dangerous it is for us to drop our sodium than it is for us to take in too much. He says, you can take in 8,000 milligrams of sodium in a day and whatever your body doesn't use, it will pee it out. It will excrete it. It will eliminate it. So I myself personally have a teaspoon of pink salt that's mixed with no salt for potassium because your potassium drops when you have keto flu as well. And when you first are in the ketogenic way of eating, you have to keep your potassium up. And I couldn't always do that with food. So I was always supplementing with salt water. Um, you can do up to two teaspoons a day of pink salt that's mixed with no salt. And your mixture is one to six. So one, say one teaspoon of potassium, the, the no salt, but potassium to six teaspoons of pink salt mixed together. I have one teaspoon of that still four and a half years later, every morning in my water, I have a gut health product that I use, I put some lemon juice in there. Uh, and I put vitamin C powder because it is more absorbed into the body and does better for your liver, which my liver 
can use all the help it can get. Um, so I drink that every single morning. I drink a teaspoon of salt and my body thanks me for it. But you can have up to two teaspoons of salt or 5,000 milligrams of salt daily without causing harm to your body and everything else above and beyond that. If your body doesn't need it, it will excrete it. Absolutely. We need two teaspoons a day. Yep. Our, our body needs two teaspoons of salt a day. So it is, it's, it's so important. I um, went through that with my, my biggest critic was my daughter. She was the one when I first started and I'm losing some weight. She's like, you're sorry, mom, but I've seen you diet 10 times, 15, 20 times. And yeah, you may lose 20 pounds, but you know, you always gain it back with five pounds. So sorry, but I don't think this is going to work. And so when it did, and after a year, and then I started coaching it, my daughter decided she was going to give it a go. And she didn't tell me she was going to give it a go. And so she didn't just start ketogenics. She started intermittent fasting the same week. So I just pulled over on the side of the road, heaving out her car door. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh so hard, but... Don't do both at the same time. You start with one and ease into it because your body after three weeks will ease you naturally into intermittent fasting. So carry on. Your daughter's puking her brains out. She's puking her brains out <laughs> on the side of the road and she's calling me up and telling me she has the flu so bad and she needs to turn around and go back home. And oh, by the way, I started keto and I did intermittent fasting. I did 16 hours yesterday and uh, God, my time out, time out. You don't have the flu flu get your butt to school or work or wherever it was she was going. You're fine. <laughs> Number one, you need some salt. And why didn't you tell me? And oh, I didn't, I didn't want to say you were right, you know, and I was just going to surprise you. And I've lost seven pounds already in the last week. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's why you're sick. So yeah, my, my kids have both done that to me where they are off balance on their salts and um, texting me that they're not feeling very well because of just, and it's just a simple, yes, you, you need the electrolytes and uh, things have really changed in that, in that field. I too used to make my own. I was uh, using the pink salt or Redmond's, um, either, either one. And I was using, um, the no salt or potassium. The thing that was missing for me was the magnesium, which is so important for cardiac health. And also our muscles. I was getting muscle cramps. I've always been very active, even when I was very heavy, I was farming. Um, so I've always been very active. Um, muscle wise, had a lot of body aches. And um, I was had an autoimmune disorder. Uh, they diagnosed me with um, seronegative rheumatoid arthritis. So I had pain everywhere in my body. But when they checked my blood levels, they were negative for rheumatoid arthritis. And so I was on hydroxychloroquine, believe it or not, an immunosuppressant for five years to help handle the pain. Um, and it worked. When I went keto, I am on zero prescription medications and I have no pain. Um, yeah, same thing happened with my fibromyalgia. It, amen it, to that too. You know, I think I had two flares last year and they were really super mild. So let's talk about some common myths and misconceptions around the ketogenic diet. I have four actually listed here. I had three and then you said something and I went, oh, there's another one. Um, 
Let's talk about how the ketogenic, how keto is not sustainable. Oh yeah, absolutely. Four and a half years later, not sustainable. Yes, yes, definitely. It is absolutely sustainable. Um, so a lot of people think that we're not going to be able to continue to avoid carbohydrates. And yes, I can tell you that it is absolutely not easy because temptation is out there. And you have to remember that I was, a, I am a carb addict. I had an addiction to carbohydrates and sugar. You saw my and face. I was too. Mm -hmm. Nobody would ever judge me if I had a Coke or a Mountain Dew in my hand. But they certainly judge me when I refuse to eat sweets and I eat meat and vegetables. Mm -hmm. um, and certainly say that it is absolutely not healthy and not sustainable. And I am to living proof that it is. And How many times did you hear, but you can have just one bite? Right. And we'll talk about that in a second, but I just wanted to put that out there. Yes. How many yes. times have people gotten uncomfortable with the way that you're eating and said, oh, come on, you can have just one bite. Or no. people at work bringing in cupcakes when they know, and that, that's fine. You want cupcakes? Great. You eat cupcakes. It doesn't matter to me. You, anybody can eat cupcakes in front of me. But when it's, come on, just have this little bit, you can't even, no. I don't want, I don't desire. I'm good with my bacon and eggs right now. And do you know why that is? It's because keto teaches you that food is fuel and not entertainment. Ding, ding, ding. Right? Food is fuel. It is not entertainment. But we are brought up in this feasting kind of mode and everybody has to partake. Otherwise, people get their feelings all hurt. It has nothing to do with you and everything to do with what I am choosing to put in my body. Ding, 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 ding. Hello, everybody. I am choosing what I'm putting in my body. And that does not mean I want gluten and sugar and carbs and all of that. I don't want to go back to the person that I used to be. So Absolutely. no, I can't have just one bite. And that is absolutely a misconception. That is absolutely the theme of another podcast, because we could do that for an hour. And the big statement for me on that is when our kids are little and they do something good, they're potty trained. People give them M&Ms. They get a good report card. They take them for ice cream. Yes, we could definitely do a podcast. Yeah. Every celebration we have, no matter what it is. Thanksgiving, Christmas, any celebrations that we have is centered around a meal and around food and sweets and sugar. We reward ourselves and we teach our children from a very young age that if they do something good, that they can be rewarded with sugar. Why? Because sugar lights up all the pleasure sensors in our brain. Yep. Definitely another podcast. Um, keto is expensive. Ah, yes. Yes. I agree that keto is expensive to start because you are changing over a lot of your core ingredients. So I agree that in the very beginning, you are going to be buying some things that are a little more expensive, but as far as the long run, it's going to be cheaper. Because I eat once or twice a day, not five times a day. 
And not just that, but if you're buying cheap food, you're going to pay for it with your health in the long run. If you're buying quote unquote more expensive food, you're going to pay less over the long run because you're not going to be running to the doctor. You're not going to need to get all the cough medicines and cold medicines and, you know, big pharma's garbage because God, I can't stand big pharma. Sorry, but I just can't. I, I, but for those of you that are about to get offended, I know there are life-saving medications out there. I know there are medications that work to help save lives. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the rampant over-prescribing of medications and the creations of medications that don't do anything except placate the clients that are coming in and saying, there's something wrong with me. I need a magic pill. Okay. So let's not get into, you know, getting offended that I'm not, I, I believe that big pharma has its place, just like I believe Western medicine has its place and Eastern medicine has its place. Everything has its place, but it has gone so far out into left field that now it no longer, in my humble opinion, has the place that it should have it's gone it's been so overblown so keto was my specialty really, with that yeah is to take the people who are on 15 20 medications 10 medications and get them down because they don't need them they yeah. eat healthy their conditions heal themselves they're providers take them off their medications. I work hand in hand with medical professionals. I always encourage my, my clients to always stay in touch with their healthcare provider. Sometimes a healthcare providers balk and say, yo, I don't want you doing keto. Are you kidding me? You, that's not good for you with your diabetes. And sometimes they do it anyway. And all I can tell these people is I will absolutely assist you and all you can do is be the one that is planting the seed for that provider. Because as the need for your medications decreases, the level of awareness in that provider increases. So let's, let's build the bridge that way. Yeah. So yes, keto is expensive when you start. And that's partly just from your own perception too, because you, you're, you're having to take everything out of your cupboard and replace it all. So it's a lot of big shopping right in the very beginning. But over the long haul, I've actually noticed that we don't spend as much on groceries now because we're not eating as much. We don't need as much fuel. Uh, we're not as interested in eating anymore. And we're certainly not eating all the quote unquote fun foods that actually end up costing you more in the long run. Yeah. Uh, keto causes gout. Absolutely not true. <laughs> right? Yeah, Keto does not cause gout. It helps heal gout. And the last one, which, you know, people worry about a lot, um, is ketoacidosis, that keto causes ketoacidosis. Now, let me just start with type 2 diabetes is created by your diet. Ketoacidosis is a problem with type 1 diabetics, but in my experience, they also don't go into ketoacidosis if they start following keto and they're paying attention to their insulin levels. Am I correct with that? Correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely correct. Um, so the type 1 and type 2 diabetes are actually opposite problems. 
what happens with type one diabetes is your pancreas is not making or secreting insulin. You don't have insulin. So type one diabetics have, um, are typically, they lose weight and are very thin. They don't have insulin. Well, that's a key right there too, you guys. If you don't have insulin, you cannot maintain weight. So in children that are type one diabetics, they come in and they almost look malnourished because they don't have insulin. When you have type two diabetes, we have too much insulin. So we eat not just what we're eating, it's how often we're eating because you eat so every time you eat something that stimulates your pancreas to release insulin. For you to experience weight loss, your insulin level must be low. To keep your insulin low, that means you cannot eat every two hours. Um, and that is not possible when you're eating high carbs because your body's going to be calling for you to be eating every couple hours to feel good. When you're in the state of ketosis, you can go long periods of time. I'm talking 16, 18, 20, 24 hours before you get hungry. Yeah. And then when you're hungry, you feed yourself. And so can I, you just quickly explain what ketoacidosis is for those that don't know what it is? So what I would like them to, well, so the state of ketosis, let's actually take it kind of backwards. So the state of ketosis is when we are using ketones for um, energy and people with type one diabetes go into ketoacidosis where their ketones are through the roof. And it's actually a life-threatening condition. It is completely not related. It is not the right. same thing. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Um, so we were talking about, you know, you can't have just one bite. Why is it so hard? I'm just going to scoot along here because we're almost yeah. out of time. But why is it so hard to restart after you cheat on a ketogenic diet. And let me just preface that with when you cheat on your diet, the only person you're cheating is yourself. Okay. Because you're the only one that's responsible for what's going in your face. So you're not cheating on your diet. You're cheating on your own goals. You're cheating on whatever objectives that you have. You are cheating on yourself and you're only hurting yourself. But why is it so hard to restart a ketogenic diet after you've gone down the slippery slope? Because of back to that addiction that because we were and are addicted to carbohydrates. And so if you feed that addiction by going off, your body wants more and it wants more. And when you decide that you're going to go back to keto because you felt better, because most people do um you feel much much better when you do keto versus eating the carbohydrates um you decide you're going to go back and it's very difficult because you have that addiction thing going on again so all those pleasure sensors in your brain when you eat sugar and carbohydrates because carbohydrates essentially essentially turn into sugar in your body that is that is the, their only function is the only thing they do if you eat a slice of bread it is the same as eating a little piece of candy it just happens differently, but the, ultimately the same thing happens. It turns into sugar. You, your brain tells you that you want more and more and more. Um, the hormone regulation is, is the big thing. Um, so why is it hard? Because you're, you're battling that addiction. Biggest thing you can do for yourself, the best thing you can do for yourself is give yourself a three-week commitment. For three weeks, I'm not going to have any sugar. 
For three weeks, I'm not going to have anything sweet in my mouth. Why three weeks? Because it takes three weeks to break a habit. I'm I'm laughing because I have put sugar back into my diet on some levels, and I have been eating a lot more carbs. And you're saying three weeks, and my body's going, no, I don't want to do three weeks, right? So I'm feeling this this energetic pushback as soon as you're like commit for three weeks my body's like oh hell no but you know what oh hell yes that's how you have to do it you have to go clean cold clean. turkey cold turkey clean no sugar no carbohydrates if you really need something sweet eat some berries like blueberries i eat a lot of blueberries but that could be a throat chakra thing too but blueberries are full of antioxidants they provide your liver with the glycogen that it needs and they're pretty low in carbohydrates so a half a cup of blueberries is a serving which is usually Absolutely. enough to curb that need for something sweet but yeah. my body currently is re-addicted to sugar and carbs and is going, Oh, Kelly, I don't like you. And I'm feeling this sinking feeling, right? Because it's, I, I know I have to get it back out of my diet. But if you think about it, Wendy, it's really, it's 21 days. Oh, I know. It's 21 days. I know it's a drop in the bucket. I know. <laughs> I'm just, so, I just want people to know that my body is freaking out thinking about the idea of, and I'm eating coconut sugar, which is not as, I don't seem to react to it the same as like cane sugar or white sugar. It seems to not affect my glycemic index as much, but over time it's taken more and more coconut sugar for me to be able to get the same. So now I'm at the place of, Oh, I need to cut all this sugar out of my diet. And then Kelly's like, Oh, three weeks. No, <laughs> no, I don't want to do this. So the addiction is very real. The addiction is very real. And here's what comes up for me when you tell me that. Wendy, what part of you makes you believe that you don't deserve? Oh, I know. I'm working on self-love right now. Like I'm really working on self-love. So I, I totally know where that's coming from. So, so yes. Yeah, so it's hard to get back on track once you cheat because now your body knows what you're doing and it makes it harder to break that. It wants, it wants you to have more. Oh no, coconut sugar. There's going to be a little leprechaun on your shoulder. The one that says, Ooh, feed me some coconut sugar. Right. And you really need to just flip that one off your shoulder and say no. Or, you know, okay. the chocolate chips that I found that are dairy free, right? I have yeah. so little that is fun in my diet that the couple of things that I found have been just lovely. Unfortunately, now they are becoming a problem. I'm putting weight back on because I'm eating all this sugar. I need to get back to intermittent fasting. I need to get back to eating a carnivore diet because that is how I feel the best. I actually don't generally eat keto. I generally eat a carnivore diet. My body doesn't like vegetables. I put weight on when I eat vegetables. Believe it or not, I'm one of those people. So I live, like I said at the beginning of this, bacon, eggs, chicken wings, ground beef, steak, fish sometimes, you know, um, but I find that from a satiety standpoint, beef is what fills me up the most. And so I tend to eat that the most. I agree. That so. is my body craves beef the absolute most. Yeah. Um, as far as, as far as like the hormone levels go and the whole satiety thing, if you think of 
you know, I have you over for a pork chop or a steak dinner and we just can, we eat as much steak and pork chops as we want and we're all done and there's one pork chop left. And I say to you, Wendy, can you finish that pork chop? And you just have that feeling in your throat, like, oh my gosh, I couldn't take another bite. So your that goes along with your um, leptin level. So your leptin level is very high saying, telling you that you're done eating, that you don't need anymore. But when it comes to carbohydrates, they are what we call leptin resistant. If I tell you, Wendy, how about a piece of coconut cake? <laughs> I have room for that. I could eat half a cake. Of course you can. Mm -hmm. Because it absolutely overrides what we have in nature, the way our bodies are built to have us stop eating. It Sugar is a, a neutral thing in that. It does not react to it. We can certainly eat chocolate and cake and cookies when we're packed full. We can eat Thanksgiving dinner until we're about ready to burst and then have our pie on top of it because it is overriding our natural hormone levels. So it should tell you also, again, that it isn't normal. It's not nature. It isn't the way God intended. It's not. Absolutely. And so people can in um, gain weight on vegetables. And I look at hippopotamuses that are in the zoo and they eat three, four or five cases of romaine lettuce a day. That's what they eat. And it's not like, but they're huge and they're 2000 pounds on romaine lettuce. So yes, people, <laughs> you can gain weight on lettuce. I cannot eat vegetables on the regular. I can eat them here and there, but if I eat them on the regular, like I, I just proved it to myself again. I, I lost a pile of weight this summer doing intermittent fasting. I got back down to where my goal weight was. Now I'd really like to get a little lower, but my goal weight where I ended was at 185. I was at 275. I got to 185 again. And now I'm back up at 205 because I've been eating almond flour cake and I have been eating vegetables. Vegetables. You know, we all are like, you're supposed to eat vegetables. Well, guess who can't? eat a lot of vegetables, but I can eat sweet potato. I can eat a lot of sweet potato. My body loves it. It craves it. It gives me that glycogen, but I have to really start paying more attention to my diet. Um, Kelly, last thoughts about the ketogenic diet. Um, you know, how, I, I don't even know what kind of last thoughts we might have. We've talked about so many things this uh, we We've already been at it for our, over an hour. So we have. Okay. It's time to wrap it up then. It yeah. is time to wrap it last up. But thoughts about the ketogenic diet is it is the way we were naturally intended to eat. That's the bottom line. That it, is the bottom Bacon fat is. is your bacon grease is your friend, folks. Bacon it really is. is. Your friend. And, yeah, one thing we did not touch at all on is the bad fats or the industrial seed oils. So, we can do another podcast. That's no yeah, problem. Absolutely. I, I just truly believe that the state of ketosis is our natural state of being. Um, it's where everybody feels the healthiest. Um, the people that say it doesn't work for them need to just dive into the research a little more, find some help, find somebody to help support them. I highly encourage people to align yourself with someone that does it um, to get that support. That's it. I appreciate you so much, Wendy, for having me on. 
It was a great, great hour. So tell me just quickly how we can find you. So if someone would like to come and work with you, how can they reach you? I will be have posting links below for both uh, Anchor and YouTube, but uh, verbally, just let us know where we can find you. Absolutely. You can find me on Facebook under Kelly Weston Free, W-E-S-T-O-N-F-R-E-E. You can pop me a message through Facebook Messenger and I would gladly respond to you. Um, You can also reach me by phone. I can give you, I'm in the United States, in the state of Wisconsin, Central Time. You can shoot me a text. You can give me a call. My phone number is 920-901-3280. That's it. Um, I would love to have a conversation. If it's something that you think that you would like some support with, I'd love to have that conversation with you. Fantastic. So everybody, this was Kelly Free. She is obviously very well versed in the ketogenic diet and well i am too because i used to be keto warrior wendy and this is wendy 2.0 real raw and authentic thank you so much kelly you bet thank you so much wendy